Watch your weight. It's not spelled with W-E-I-G-H-T, but W-A-I-T. Uh, once again, a very good evening and a special greeting and welcome to, again, the officers and boys of the 31st Company and also your family members if they're here to join us in this time of enrollment uh, service. You know, it is with great joy that we are here once again uh, to celebrate God's faithfulness to the Boys Brigade 31st Company uh, as they enroll themselves for yet another year. Before we go into the sermon proper, shall we go to God in prayer? Lord, once again, we rejoice and praise you and thank you for your faithfulness to the 31st Company. And not just only to them, but also to each of us seated here in this century. Indeed, God, you are a faithful God. And so, Lord, as we come before your word, we ask, Holy Spirit, you come and speak to us. Cause your word to come alive for us that we may apply them in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let me just give a very uh, short account of the history of the 31st Company since I came to this church uh, just under five years ago. It wasn't too long ago that the, the, the 31st Company was on the verge of being closed down. The officers of a previous generation had served for decades and fatigue finally set in. Worse, there were very few senior boys who were coming back on a regular basis uh, as volunteers. And for uh, several people who held the fort for many years, I'm very thankful to them. People like Mr. Uh, and Mrs. Michael Lim, not sure whether they're here now. Uh, Gabriel, uh, ex-captain ex two, two captains ago. Uh, and of course, Chris. But I sense that they had already given too much for many years. And so they were tired. And it was then that I asked the church leadership one pertinent question. Do you think that it is time to close down the 31st company? We have hardly any volunteers left. And it's not fair to make the existing teachers run the entire company. If we are the sponsoring church, they are teachers, you know. Their role is to be a teacher. And this is like, they are overseeing the CCA. How can we make them run the entire company? And credit to the two teachers as well. We thank them, uh, Mr. Derek Lim, Mr. Adrian Liang, for their service over the years as well. But we felt that it was not fair for them uh, to run the whole company. And so credit to the church leaders, whom I believe they were really stirred by the Lord too. And so they said, let us seek to hire a full-time ministry staff to look into the needs of the boy, boy, Boys Brigade Ministry. And so with that, a call was sent out. The person who responded to the call is Mr. Alex Wong. And those of us in this church are very familiar with him. You see, he's still around in this century. <laughs> he was taking photo earlier uh, over there. And so he had many years of experience in the Boys' Brigade as a boy and then as an officer. And so through him, together with Mr. Chris Lee, who is our worship leader for today, who gave really his final push as one of the last surviving officers of uh, the previous generation. Hey, he enrolled since 1983, right? Wow. Praise the Lord. How many of us can serve 33 years? <laughs> right? So credit to him. And surely, you know, I can understand the fatigue that set in in the company for all of them who served for so many years. But thankfully, with them, Alex and Chris, the, the rebuilding of the 31st company began. He, he roped in, Alex roped in other officers, of whom now we have an outstanding man, very tall, Mr. Martin Louis, who is the, now the captain of the company. Alex also personally mentored uh, many boys, spending a lot of time with them outside the official CCA time. And he got a lot of us in the church involved uh, 
uh, in the church office involved as well in the Christian education of the company. So, for example, Colin, Isaac, Gerald, myself, we will take turns to go down to the parade and share and teach from God's Word. And along the way, God was working too. He stirred the hearts of many others to join us. First, we have uh, several senior boys who came back as primers. So you see some of them dressed in white with uh, that blue ampullet. Yeah? That's, uh, those are the, the primers, uh, John and Yihong. And God also brought others who have had no previous affiliation to the first company. Jeremy, Louis, now officers, right? They were not from the 31st company previously, but now God has brought them to our midst. And even now, our new staff, QC, also join us as an officer. So really, I'm very thankful for God's rescue and redemption of the 31st company. And so what's the lesson for us here? Even as I reflect on this past five years, I think the first lesson is this. If it is God's ministry, God will take care of it. If it is God's ministry, God will take care of it and in His own time. If it is God's battle, He will surely fight it for us. Unfortunately, too many times we try to help God. Remember how Abraham tried to help God? God promised him a son when he was uh, 80, I think 80 years old, uh, 90 years old. And he tried to help God. And what's the end result? His first son, through the servant Haggai, was illegitimate. And he had to be sent away. And so from then, the, from there, the descendants of, of Ishmael continued to oppose the Israelites until to this day. So sometimes we, we, we help God when it is not necessary. If it is God's ministry, He will take care of it. Now don't get me wrong, it is not that God doesn't involve us. That's not true. God loves to involve us because it is our joy to be involved. Yet we wrongly help God when we try to do His will in our own ways, in our own limited human understanding, in our own human ways. Both Abraham and Sarah wondered how could a 90-year-old man and an 80-year-old woman ever got, get pregnant? Certainly we wonder too. 90-year-old, 80-year-old. And so Sarah got her servant Hagar to help, to be the surrogate mom if you like. But that's not God's plan. God's plan was to bless Abraham and Sarah themselves with a baby. And just when we think things got even more impossible, Abraham and Sarah really had a baby when they were 90 and 89 years old, respectively. If God has given us a promise, friends, the lesson is this. If God has given us a promise, we don't have to help Him out. If God has given us a promise, we don't have to help Him out. He will certainly be true to His word and bring it to pass at the right time. God is never one minute early or one minute too late. He's always on time. His timing is perfect. Just last month, we went for a prayer walk around the region, uh, Tegi Vista. And in the car, we were just talking about a couple in church who stayed around the area. And what are the chances? Lo and behold, as we went for the prayer walk, we bumped into this couple at just the right time. What are the chances? And so in the same way, even as God has impressed upon the church and cell leaders to reach out to the Amokyo community, the timing of the Senior Activity Centre, and some of you already know this, it's perfect. I believe it comes at a time when Pastor Melvin Huang is the pastor in charge. He has had previous experience at Wesley running the Senior Activity Centre there. And so it happens also that uh, the Methodist Welfare Services want the bid to run the Senior Activity Centre. Do you think it's a coincidence? everything just fell into place at the right time 
Well, maybe if you are not a believer, you say, yeah, maybe. But when there are a string of coincidences happening, one after another, surely someone must be orchestrating behind the scenes. And so family, friends, God knows what He's doing. God knows what He's doing. Trust Him. His timing is perfect. As Singaporeans, we don't really like to wait, except maybe queue up for Hello Kitty. You know, generally, we don't like to wait. It creates a lot of anxiety in us. But over and over again, God's command and reminder in Scripture to us is that we learn to wait, to wait upon Him. If we don't learn to wait, we may stand to forfeit all the good promises of God. King Saul, in the passage we have just read earlier, he made that tragic mistake. The prophet said to King Saul in an earlier passage that he will come to Gilgal to make the burnt and peace offerings. That's Saul's, uh, Samuel's instruction to King Saul. He will come in seven days. He was supposed to wait for the prophet Samuel to arrive and then more instructions, further instructions will be given. And at the appointed time, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 9, we read that because Saul was afraid, his people were afraid, he himself was afraid, he had been overcome with fear because his enemies were there, he took matters in his own hands. He wasn't able to wait, wait it out fully, and so he offered up the burnt offering instead. And when Samuel arrived at just the appointed time, he said to King Saul, you have done a foolish thing. You have done a foolish thing. You have not kept the command that the Lord your God gave to you. If you had, you would have established your kingdom over Israel all, for all the time. But now your kingdom will not endure, for the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him ruler of his people, because you have not kept the Lord's command. You see, just as the promises of God can be forfeited when we take matters in our own hands, the reverse is true. The promises of God come to those who watch and wait. King Saul is a negative example. But here we have a testimony of the 31st company. Looking back at the 31st company, the timing really was perfect. Just as the call was sent out, Mr. Alex Wong was contemplating a change in his, his career to become a full-time BB officer. Surely it was God who had stirred his heart even as the needs were crying out. So let's lesson number one. If it's God's ministry, God will take care of it. And lesson number two, not only will God take care of His ministry, God will take care of us, His people. Not only will God take care of His ministry, God will also take care of us, His people. Isaiah chapter 40, verses 30 to 31, let me read it to us again. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Many times we feel tired and weary, as if we are the only ones fighting the battle, whether at home, at work, at school, or ministry, CCA. We feel that there's no one to help us. That's how we feel. But that's not the reality. Because as believers, God is on our side. God is has promised to be with us, God is in control. He will certainly lift us up and bring help because God will never fail us. He is the everlasting God. He is the faithful God. And He will surely take care of us because He is faithful. King Saul, unfortunately, gave in to his fear. He gave in to the worries. He gave in to the 
fear and worries of the people as well, not just his own, but of the people, Saul forgot that God will certainly take care of them. But not just to name Saul, even a great man of God like Elijah, though he was a man of God, a great man of God, and a prophet of God, he felt he was battling against the prophets of Baal all by himself. But God said to him, Elijah, you are not alone. I have reserved 7,000 others who have not bowed their knees to Baal. Don't forget also how God took care of Elijah by feeding him through the ravens and granting him shelter and protection from Jezebel, the evil queen. And so the point, the moral of the story really is this. God will never fail us, His people. We may think that we are on the verge of collapse, but let us look to God. He will make a way. He will revive us. That is the promise of Isaiah 40 verse 31. Those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. Now the question then is, what does waiting mean? What does waiting look like? What does it mean to wait for God? Does it mean we stop whatever we're doing, wear sackcloths, read the Bible every day with ashes on our heads? For the few of us, maybe, only because we have stopped listening to God a long time ago and now God is seeking your attention and wants you to repent and return to Him with humility to seek His face again. Maybe for a select few of us, but for the majority of us, waiting really means we stay on at the place that God has called. Waiting means we stay on at the place that God has placed us in. In this church, in your workplaces, in your families. And obey the last command that God has given. If there are no new instructions, stick to the old one. Obey the last command. You know, the boys go through drill. If there's no new command given, you remain in that position. That's what it means to wait. If God has not said, go, you stay. If God has said, stay, you do not go. Remember once again how Saul failed to keep God's commands? So let us learn from his failure. Obey God's commands. If God has called you, for example, to be a nurse at a certain hospital, and if He doesn't say you can leave, you stay on, no matter how difficult it is. If God has given you an assignment and you have yet to see the promised result, waiting means you press on with the task. Waiting doesn't mean we do nothing, you know. Biblical waiting is active. Like a woman in childbirth, she's waiting for the baby to be born. But is it, is it passive in any way? No. It is painful. But just as there is a rhythm of contractions and rest until the baby is born, so too, waiting on God means we keep at what is commanded, following the rhythms of God until the baby is birthed. Just like childbirth isn't easy, especially at the times of contractions, we can too expect periods of challenges as we stay at our post, obeying the commands of God and remaining faithful to our assignments. In short, unless God changes your assignments or gives you the go-ahead to do something different, waiting means... We hang on. We don't try to help God out, you know, by messing with His timing. Waiting means we stay faithful to our God-given positions and assignments. Waiting means we trust God to take care not only of the battle, to take care of the ministry, but also of us and all whom we love. Waiting means we press on until God's plans are birthed. And for those of you in the Boys Brigade, let me just address the boys and officers for a while. If you are a recruit, 
you know, just join us, just enrolled, said once. Waiting means, may look like patiently going through the weekly parades. You know, you're always envious of the senior NCOs, so many badges. Waiting means you go through the process. You will one day attain to those badges as well. Waiting means trusting God to strengthen you as you go through the weekly parades. For the senior NCOs, waiting means perhaps trusting God to strengthen you as you fulfill your various roles and responsibilities. And for the teachers and officers, waiting may mean spending lots of time investing in the next generation, preparing them, grooming them, mentoring them. You never know who among them might be the next bishop, right? Waiting means waiting for God's timing, for them to be ready to blossom. So officers, you got a tough job, but you will surely be rewarded. Coming back to all of us, waiting means we take time every day to be in God's presence as well. Not just staying on to our assignments, but taking time to be in God's presence, sitting at the feet of Jesus, through prayer, through worship, through meditating, reading, studying His Word. And as we wait, we feed ourselves with the holy bread of Scripture through prayer, the refreshing work of the Holy Spirit. And this is what really God desires for all of us, to draw strength from Him daily, to wait upon Him daily. And this is incidentally how we are strengthened while we are waiting. Prayer, worship, and the Word of God. Some of us here are very good at watching our physical weight, right? But it is far more important that we all learn to watch and wait. To watch and wait upon God. Whether it is for ministry, for your own family, for your work, for your school, for a relationship. Don't try to help God out. Learn to wait upon Him. And continue at the assignment that God has given. Today is Pentecost Sunday. It speaks of how the Holy Spirit was poured out upon the early church, the early disciples. What happened before Pentecost? The disciples were in the upper room and what were they doing? They were waiting. They were waiting, they were worshipping, they were praying, they were seeking God's face. And when the timing is right, God poured forth the Spirit, the church was birthed. So friends, learn to watch and wait. If God has not said go, you stay. If he didn't say, uh, what's that? Jalan, uh, you stand berhenti. <laughs> right? So, really, I challenge all of us learn to watch and wait. Watch your wait, W A I T. Learn to discipline your heart, discipline your mind, to wait upon the Lord, spending time in his presence daily, in prayer, in meditation of his word, in worship. And may God grant us all the strength to stay faithful to our assignments. Let us pray. God, we thank you for the scripture lessons for today. Help us to learn from the negative example of King Saul, how he gave in to fears and worries and did not obey your commands. He did not learn to wait for your timing. Help us instead to learn to wait upon you to trust in your goodness, in your timing. For your promise in Isaiah chapter 40 is that those of us who wait upon you shall renew our strength. 
And so that is your promise to us. Lord, help us to stay faithful to you. Once again, we commit ourselves to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.